How's your arm? Oh, uh, it's not not bad. I, honestly, um, they just they've strapped it up. I'll be going back there on Monday. They reckon it was a a tendon strain, not a uh, not a rupture or anything like that. So that's really good. Yep. But was it from when you tried the bounce to Big E? <laughs> I didn't even get to that point. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. This is a show by the fans, for the fans, where we will use fun wildcard awards to discuss the latest news, quickly analyze the second week of NRL finals, as well as giving bold predictions and analysis of this week's NRL preliminary finals and NRLW semifinals. Thank you for all the new listeners who have joined us recently. We very much appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get some rugby league chat without the media agendas. Just our own agendas, of course, and we do have a few. To help me drive those agendas, I'm joined by uh, most of our panel. Miles Stedman is unavailable today. We are mourning the death of Queen Elizabeth II today on this public holiday. Uh, so Miles, I understand, is very, very upset. So he can't join us. But we do have Daniel Friend. Friendy, how are you going today? G'day, Bo. Yeah, uh, thanks to Lizzie for the day off. It's, it's been a beauty. Um, and, yeah, condolences to Miles, mate. Uh, a keen monarchist he is. And, yeah, I guess we'll rip into the show. <laughs> we will. Uh, not before saying hello to uh, Chris Waring, though. Chris, how's your day off been? Yeah, mate, I've, I've got over to sadness of today, so I'm just trying to enjoy the rest of it from here on in. So not doing too badly. Kieran Gibson, you're an Irish man by nature. I understand that you would be... Very upset. Actually, it's hard to know what you'd be more upset about. Would it be uh, one of the most atrocious bowls in ATH history or or the fact that Queen Elizabeth has passed away? Um, well, the Irish actually celebrate funerals. Um, when someone passes away, they celebrate. <laughs> and it's not something that just started when the Queen passed away. Um, but no, it's been a good day so far. I went to the gym with Owen and, yeah, had one of the most shocking... Uh, what do you call bowls in ATH history? So try to get one this week. Yeah, uh, we uh, we all sort of struck out there. I had Jack Whiten for a big game. He did not have one. You had Latrell for a, a massive game, and he played well, but wasn't really required. Uh, Chris, you had the Sharks winning with a one of the forwards uh, scoring. Didn't happen. And Friendy had all four NRL fullback scoring, and only one did. So uh, back to the drawing board for all of us. But we do have some wildcard awards to get into before we talk about uh, the finals coming up. So, Friendy, do you want to kick us off? What is your wildcard award this week? My wildcard award this week, Bo, is the Kardashian Award, and it goes to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who I've seen them in the media everywhere the last couple of weeks, mm. um, and it that concerns me. It's, it's not just Latrell, who he's obviously the big name, but I've seen... Lachlan Ilias, who we all spoke about the other day, his contract staff and basically just a lot of people pumping his tyres up. Also, Damien Cook was on NRL 360 the other night. I just, yeah, there's a, a lot going on. Jason Demetrio, I've heard a fair bit of. I don't know. I'm not a massive fan of that um, before a, a big game. And yeah, they're going to get my Kardashian award. Get them off my tellies. <laughs> uh, they do have a massive game against the Panthers coming up, of course. And uh yeah, so you're, you're thinking that it's not the ideal preparation. They should be uh, bunkering down and, and really getting into it? 
Yeah, I don't like it at all during the season. So when it comes to finals time, I, I understand the media's got a keen interest in well e- everything when it comes to the finals because that's where they make a, a lot of their money as well. But yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather my team focusing on football. Me too. Uh, as a Cowboys fan, we have a big game this week as well against the Eels at home. Kieran, you are a Cowboys fan. What's your wildcard award this week? Uh, mine's non-Cowboys related this week. Um, I've got the, the my award is that that's more phenomenal than a dare ice coffee, which goes to Dylan Brown's virtuoso <laughs> performance, um, which was one of the better individual finals performances I've seen. He's um, one of my favorite players to watch uh, up there with Con Tracy and the, the like. Um, and yeah, I just had to give, <laughs> give his finals performance a mention because it was brilliant. It was really incredible, uh, particularly after having a... We mentioned it actually after week one. He had a pretty quiet... Uh, game against the Panthers. The Panthers shut him down and the rest of his left edge really, really well. And we spoke about, you know, how is Brad Arthur going to get him into the game? And Kieran, from what I could tell, uh, it seemed to me that Brown actually sort of took control of the attack a fair bit. Like he had a lot more like line engagements than Mitchell Moses. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you notice that he was sort of popping up on left and right as well? He just, he just seemed to have just ants in his pants and uh, really determined to have a big result. Yeah, yeah, absolutely noticed that. I think he was, as you said, popping up either side of the ruck. Um, uh, someone must have gotten his ear and just told him how good his running game is. Um, it's It remi- uh, reminds me a little bit of Michael Morgan at his absolute best when he was running the ball, especially when he played. I mean, he, it was a different position, but when he played um, fullback in 2014, he regularly break the line like a, a set defensive line, not um, broken field play. And Dylan Brown's got that same uh, ability. Yeah, they both had really good pace. Uh, hopefully Dylan Brown has better luck with injuries than Morgo did. Chris, are you going to stand for the blatant slander of Farmers Union iced coffee? Oh, look, mate, it's, yeah, it's better dealt with another time, but I think the listeners out there, if you want to go into the great iced coffee wars, I think the truth will eventually reveal itself, but no worries, it's all good. <laughs> what's, your, what's your wildcard award this week? <laughs> so mine's similar to... Uh, a similar, I guess, kind of scope to Friendies, but a little bit of a, a different team. I thought Parramatta's been in the headline for a bit. I'm giving them the West Tigers Treatment Award. I think they've been <laughs> getting a lot of, um, I would say, targeted criticism, In I would say maybe in anticipation of a loss. So they have a, um, I guess, a, a media angle or storyline to go at. And, that's, and this is about the nepotism claims and then there's a few other reports going on at Parramatta and I, I think most of us agree that Jacob Arthur is um, you know even whatever you think about him as a player his utility value over someone let's say last week like Bryce, Bryce Cartwright who wasn't playing but is, who's playing this week now I just think the the timing of a lot of the criticism is coming at a really odd time I think this is a conversation to have you know, possibly after the season if they do lose or if they don't win the grand final or whatnot. But, yeah, I just think they've been getting a little bit of unfair criticism this week. And I am usually reticent to defend Parramatta. But, yeah, I just, yeah, I think they've been copying, yeah, just a little bit of unfair treatment. It, this is very odd to me, uh, being privy to a video of you after the Tigers sunk a field goal at Combank <laughs> Stadium uh, to to beat the Eels. Uh, there was some very, very foul language coming from you towards Eels fans, Chris Waring. So you... you, you uh, I had a comment. 
<laughs> they probably did, to be fair. But I do agree with you. And uh, one thing I noticed last week was, and by the way, I tipped the Raiders to beat the Eels. I think I was the only one on the panel that did, so good on me. But um, like a lot of people were talking about, well, you know, if the Eels lose this week, does Brad Arthur have, you know, yada, 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 like, is he going to keep his job? But it's like, mate, like, I, I get it, but they haven't even lost the game yet. Yeah. Like, can, like, are we going to have the same conversation this week? Because, I mean, they, they're every chance going to Townsville and beating the Cowboys and going to a grand final. And then they can beat the Panthers or the South Rabbitohs. So, uh, I, it all feels a bit, uh, yeah, you're right, Chris, a bit targeted, hey? Yeah, but that's, yeah, he's getting the David, uh, Brad Arthur is getting a bit of the um, David Fafita treatment where he's expected to do 15 steps, 500 dummies, uh, a million tackle breaks, but if not, he's, he's a fucking shit person. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, again, I think they are, it's, it's just getting a little bit silly. You know, they're in the top four. That's, regardless of what happens, that's an excellent season. And as you said, they're, they're a real good chance to go all the way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to edit in the word person instead of uh, the C word <laughs> that you just dropped. I, I've, I've been waiting for another opportunity to do it. So thank you for that. <laughs> Boys, my wildcard award. Speaking of David Fafita, by the way, I want to I want to just like very touch briefly touch on the fact that he's uh, wanted at the moment. And I would love to see him end up somewhere other than the Titans for a bit less money, a bit less pressure. Uh, I think that'd be really good for David Fafita. And the Dragons apparently are a good suitor for him because his girlfriend plays down there, Shaylee Bent. Uh, but my wildcard award this week is the the You Should Never Listen to Me Again award. And it actually has three winners this week. One is me for my atrocious tipping last week. I got zero out of two. Everyone else got at least one. Uh, Friendly got two, I think, because he was brave enough to tip the Rabbitohs. Uh, the, uh, one of the other recipients is Paul Kent, who has decided being outwardly racist on national television is completely cool. And uh, Fox and News Corp are co-signing this. Now, by the way, you know, we've spoken about this off air and on air. If you have the opinion that origin should be just for people that choose to align themselves with Australia, that's fine. That's different. That's not necessarily racist. What Paul Kemp was doing the other night was foul um, and saying things like he's only playing for Samoa because he wants to play fullback and he doesn't actually care about Samoa and the whole family reason is all crap and you can't just it's just it's just rank really um the rich white guy being racist on tv is a bit shit and the other recipient is Gordon Tallis who is among the worst pundits in rugby league in a hot field uh but he he never has anything intelligent to add to anything really and he took shots at the likes of James Tedesco's parents recently for coming for caring about his son's head injuries recently like just like fuck off the lot of you in myself included I suppose would be so the the you should never listen to me again award goes to those three people including me boys let's not listen to me about the next little bit we're going to talk a little bit about how the games on the weekend went just a, a very short little you know impressions of how things went starting with the Friday night game between the eels and Raiders which the eels won by Plenty to not many. Chris Waring, what are your thoughts about that game? Yeah, uh, it was, yeah the Raiders were, I guess, again, kind of came to a natural end for them. They had a really good um, run of form. But again, it, you would say the opposition that they had, even leading into the, um, the games, including Melbourne, who I thought were pretty poor in their final against them, um, they, were, they were really tested against, you know, a you would like obviously an elite top four team in Parramatta. And I think they're, you know, the, the streak of form just eventually ran out. 
Um, yeah, and on on the other hand, Parramatta, uh, you know, they're shaping really well. They do have a few injury concerns, which I'm sure we'll we'll touch on shortly. But I thought it was a really good win for Parramatta um, moving forward, especially on a harder road trip this week. Freddie, what do you think? Is uh, you know the Eels looking really really strong there? Yeah, the Eels just ran all over the top of them, didn't they? I think I had a look during the week, and the Eels made oh, something like 2,300 metres, and the Raiders were down near like 1,500, 1,600. So that's just enormous. And I understand at the back of the game, they, they ran away with it and things like that. But they set the tone early, the two big boys. And we spoke about last week that uh, Tarpane and Papali were going to need to be the catalyst for a Raiders well, top performance, and they, yeah, they were completely outplayed by their opposite numbers, and yeah, well done to Parramatta. Absolutely, Kieran Gibson, you also tipped the Eels smartly. Was part of that because, as Chris says, the Raiders had a slightly soft draw, whereas you know the Eels had to work really hard to secure that top four. They 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 held their fists up against the Panthers for you know a good solid hour or so. Did you expect you know such a uh, emphatic result? Um, yeah, definitely that, that run-in that the Raiders had um, played into it. And then also the fact that I, I looked at the game-breakers for both sides and when your game-breakers are your front rowers, whilst that can be good, um, they lay the platform for other players to really break the game open most of the time. Um, and I just thought if Paolo... But if, if they're really laying the platform for Moses Brown, uh, Marnie even, all of the, the runners that the Eels have in their side, I, I likened that to um, best the Raiders and their attack. So that was mainly the key reason, just the key uh, game-breakers from either side. Um, I thought the Eels' defence was probably the most um, impressive aspect of that win. Uh, we were all, like, or at least in my mind, if the Raiders were to win this one, it was going to be off the back of scoring a lot of points because we know that the Eels can score points as well. So to limit them to one try, um, it was a little bit of a soft try. But otherwise, yeah, it was really, really good in defence. Yeah, look, I totally agree. And, I mean, I've got to put my hand up. As I said, don't listen to me. I tipped the Raiders. I thought they were really confident. Uh, I thought their forward pack matched up really well with the Eels. Uh, but it was just just a really clinical finals display from the Eels. And it, it reminded me, we spoke about this recently, of uh, the Storm blitzing the Raiders in a prelim in 2020. It's just like they came out of the blocks and just dominated from the word go. And... Once the Raiders did not get that early ascendancy, it was just all over for them. I will say this, though. I don't think it's a failed season for the Raiders. I don't think I had them in the top eight uh, in my preseason predictions, um, which have been wildly wrong at different points because of the Cowboys mainly. But it, I think it was a good season for the Raiders in the end. You know, like once once their halfback actually took the field and we've taken a lot of shots at Jamal Fogarty on this podcast, but I think he was solid. Uh, I think Jack Whiten had a good year. The forwards had outstanding years. Uh, there's a lot to like about what the Raiders did. Um, and they ended up in the top six event essentially. So and that's above Melbourne and the Roosters. Uh, so, you know, not a bad year for the Raiders, but a very, very good win for the Eels. And as a Cowboys fan, has me a little bit worried. We'll get onto that in a second. But first, let's talk about the other game on the weekend, which was the Sharks and the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs completely, again, dominated the Sharks. It wasn't even really close. The Sharks, very, very strong defense, did not hold up at all. Um, most of us tipped the Sharks on the panel, but Daniel Friend, you did not. You were very confident the Rabbitohs were going to win. Did you see this coming? Yeah, I, I sort of thought the Bunnies would maybe not win by this much, um, but I was pretty confident that they'd get the job done. 
Um, Cronulla had a really good season, but again, like speaking about the soft draw and things like that, I, I think they, I don't know, got a little bit lucky with the draw they had throughout the year. You do have to beat whoever's in front of you. So, I mean, yeah, they, they did a good job in the end, but South Sydney too strong on the night. There was, I just had a look then, and there was 15 and 14 errors respectively for each side. So mm. their completion rate's down in the 60s. They're, they're going to have to improve that this weekend, the Bunnies. Um, but yeah, congratulations to them, and they had another good win. Chris, we, we, put, we talked about it last week where the Cowboys and Sharks both, you know, let in 30 points uh, in regular time, which is not good enough at this time of year. Uh, and the Rabbitohs only let in 14 against the Roosters. And that that was the difference, wasn't it? It was it was defence. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really a disappointing finish for the Sharks. Kind of what I predicted, well, not to this extent, but this is what I thought what, what would happen to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But um, it's happened to the Sharks instead. And, yeah, our friend alluded to it just before, and we were. T- I remember us talking about it during the game. That was such a poor quality game for a finals game. Like, it was shit to watch. Like, just could not hold on to the ball, just really poor completions. And, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a sad finish for the Cronulla Sharks. And I, I wouldn't be that pleased if I was a Rabbitohs fan either based on, I don't know, they just... They just Obviously, they won, and that's what that matters. But they were just they were just off a bit. I don't think they were that clinical. Yeah, it felt kind of like a like a seven out of ten, or maybe even a six out of ten performance from the Rabbitohs, and and, and the Sharks were just a lot worse. Don't you think, Kieran? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the Sharks, in particular, their one on one defense was yeah just atrocious. There was a, a try where Hines, I think, late in the game, I think it was Cody Walker's try that was quite soft, and then obviously the um, Cam Murray won where he fends off Finucane a very good fend but yeah they were just too flat footed and fell asleep and I thought the game kind of fell into a lull after it went to 12 I think it was 12 nil to the Rabbitohs and um, it kind of from there I kind of just thought oh, um, maybe I was listening to Friendy too much um, from what he said on the pod but he said that the Rabbitohs can score 30 points and if they do nobody's really going to beat them other than maybe the Panthers um, but yeah the, their opponent the Sharks were never really going to come back from that it didn't seem like yeah, I've I've got to admit I was I was shocked that it wasn't more of a defensive resolve and a response from the Sharks after getting uh, you know as I said thirty points put on them by the Cowboys, and there just wasn't. Um, Latrell Mitchell didn't even need to have a great game for the Rabbitohs to towel them up. So the Rabbitohs have more gears and they're going to need them um, against the Panthers. They have some injury concerns as well. The Rabbitohs. So we'll touch on that in just a moment. As for the Sharks, again, same thing as the Raiders. If you, if you had told me at the start of the year, they'd finish second and get bounced out in two weeks. I would have said that's a good year for the Sharks. At the, in, the, in the preseason, I would have said that was a good year for them. Uh, I, I predicted them to come about sixth or seventh if memory serves. I did expect improvement under Fitzgibbon and the recruitments they had, particularly uh, for Nukin, I really liked. But a good year for the Sharks. They would, they would obviously be disappointed. That's a good thing as well. And they'll have to improve a lot when it comes to those big games. The Rabbitohs will as well. Guys, let's have a small little break before we get into our previews of the NRL preliminary finals and the NRLW semifinals. We've got the Big E's phenomenal tip of the week, and we'll be back soon after that. This is now my phenomenal tip of the week, Big E. I actually tip the Cowboys against Palomale Eels at Queensland Cardo Bank Stadium. My star player for today is actually Valentine Holmes. 
I think he might get a winning goal and um, <coughs> the hammer will run all the way to get a winning try hopefully and uh, Sifo for the Palomatic Eels is really good but he still need to practice his speed but yeah Palomatic Eels is going down baby Biggie out Welcome back to Above the Horizontal. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. I'm joined by Daniel Friend, Chris Waring, and Kieran Gibson. And that was Owen Gibson, the Big E, his phenomenal tip of the week. He's a big Cowboys guy, the Big E. Loves his Val Holmes. I remember on February the 14th, he sent me a message saying, Happy Valentine Holmes Day. He also loves the hammer, uh, thinks the hammer's going to score a big try. Doesn't mind a bit of Mike Acevo. So I think he's someone that doesn't mind some backline players, and he will get a chance to see his Cowboys play on Friday night. It's live from Queensland Country Bank Stadium. It's the Tom Opicic Cup, essentially, but unfortunately, the Tom Opicic himself might not be able to play. He's carrying an injury, and that will actually probably affect the Eels more than we think, because uh, he's pretty solid in that area um, without being spectacular. They do have options though. We will probably get into that. Uh, the Cowboys look likely to be the same team that won last minute against the Sharks. Now guys, this is the first preliminary final at home for the Cowboys they've ever had. All other prelims have been elsewhere. It's very exciting up in Townsville. I can only imagine what the atmosphere is like up there, just just around the town. Like Townsville's the kind of place that when you arrive at the airport, you're welcomed by this big sign. I don't know if it's still this, the case, but last time I was there, it had like JT and Matt Scott and Michael Morgan and all those blokes. And it's just like, welcome to Cowboys country. Like the Cowboys are such a part of like Townsville's identity up there. So, uh, and that, that also goes for the rest of the region as well, you know, or as far up as Cairns, as far south as maybe Mackay, as west as Mount Isa. I mean, people all converging on towns will be very, very exciting tomorrow night uh, for the North Queensland region. But the Eels fans have a lot to be happy about as well. They've made a prelim for the first time since 2009. That was, of course, when Jared Hayne went on that amazing run, got them all the way to the grand final to lose to salary cap sheets, the storm at the time. So very exciting for the Eels as well. Uh, if they want a chance to play in the grand final and maybe even win their first premiership since the 80s, they need to beat the Cowboys in Townsville. They have a record of about two game, two wins from 14 games in Townsville, and they lost to the Cowboys dramatically in Darwin in round eight this year. That's all from the top of my dome, by the way. I've just, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't read any of that just now. I'm just like just flying with facts because I'm so excited about this game. Friendy, are you also excited about this game? Yeah, I think this will be a ripper. Um, both teams, really quality attack, slick ball movement, um, threats on the edges, threats through the middle, big powerful packs. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it, mate. Can't wait. So while I've got you there, like let's talk about the home team, the Cowboys. Now, you actually predicted this when a few of us in, on the panel were a bit gun-shy about the Cowboys. You, you've been pretty hot on them for a while, and at the start of the finals, you tipped them to be in the grand final against the Panthers. Now, yeah. this is their chance. What is it you liked so much about the Cowboys? Like, what is what is the strength you saw in them, or maybe even the weakness of their opponents, that gives you the confidence that you know they have a, a good chance this Friday night? Well, I think in all sports, um, what teams can control is your attitude and your energy when you show up. And Todd Payton has got this Cowboys side showing 
awesome attitude and energy every week, no matter what, no matter whether it's round 20 in Canberra or a prelim final up in Townsville. They will be full of running. Um, guys like Ruben Cotter lead that sort of stuff. Reese Robson is outstanding in that area. Um, oh, I just love that. They're just full of enthusiasm and, yeah, completely respect the jersey every time they pull it on. So oh, I love that about them, and, and that's what makes good teams. Now, Kieran, you're a Cowboys man. You'd be very excited, obviously. If, if you're pointing to the Cowboys' strengths, what, what are you seeing? I think regardless of tactics, I think the Cowboys, the thing that I'm most confident that we can fall back on is is that we've got that um, steely mentality this season. We we can win in any situation. We came back from, I'm not sure, I think 14 points against Manly um, way back. Um, there's been other games where we've, I mean, we can win from either in front or behind, or if it's a, a close game, we can win in a close encounter as we did against the Sharks. Um, I think that's that's the, the number one thing that I'm, I'm kind of looking at and going, well, I think this game will be close. Um, the Cowboys don't hate. There's not really any situation um, in a game where we won't really go, oh, we're out of this game. We can't win. So um, I'm, that's making me feel more confident. Uh, and then to, to go back to what Frandy said, I, I think shifting the ball lots. Um, I noticed it against the Sharks, actually, that we had the ball. We had nearly the whole team go into dummy half at various stages. Um, I think it's a tactic to get Robson ball playing a bit more, but also I think the whole team, the fact that we've shifted the ball the whole season, every every player in our team is able to do that role, uh, get into dummy half and pass the ball. So it just um, kind of messes with the defense rather of the opposition team, um, and they're just they they have other players running at them that they wouldn't normally have Robson in particular, um, given that he's yeah, ball-playing. And, yeah, it just puts them in two minds. Uh, I think Duden scored a, a try from dummy half inside inside our own half against the Sharks. So, um, yeah, it's just a, a, a bit more of a, I don't know, a tactic that I noticed um, makes us more threatening. And I, I think our line speed will be crucial with Moses' big boot. Um, but I, I do back the strength of our carries out of yardage, yardage to get us out of trouble regardless Um I checked on NRL.com. We, I, I thought um, watching the Sharks Cowboys game, I thought I thought the Sharks were moving through their sets a lot, lot better than us and averaging a lot more meters per set. But we averaged 42 meters per set, and I think the Sharks were just a little bit less. So if you're doing that every set and starting off at your own 10 meter line, you're kicking on the halfway line at least, and that that's forcing the other team to at least come off um, starting their set on the 20 meter line. Um, I think that if we can. Uh, do that again, that'll go a long way to victory. Good call. Now, Chris Waring, uh, you were not that high on the Cowboys, uh, you know, and I've got to say I probably agreed with you uh, for most of the season. Is there... How, how are you feeling? Are you, are you feeling like your your mind has changed a little bit about the Cowboys or are you still feeling like uh, this might be as far as they go? Uh, I've come around a bit since very early prediction it was very integral for them to win that game you know and, and again they weren't the cowboys weren't great in that game against the sharks and but i have come around to them a little bit i think something that's been well i guess documented in media at this point and something that does impress me and, and i've kind of taken into account more in my assessment of them is how peyton pretty much just threw away the health science textbooks and just you know, rend them into the ground, essentially. It was that old classic, you know, that cricket, I guess, thing with fast bowlers where you just want them to bowl and bowl and bowl until their body gets used to that constraint rather than, you know, doing the weights and 
um, resting and whatnot. And I, and I think that's really paid um, benefits to their match fitness, the Cowboys, which, again, you look at the things like their spine is probably not the most skillful um, in the competition, but they just have, <clears throat> sorry, along with that that mindset that was touched on before, I think Kieran alluded to before, you know, they're an impressive team and they're going to be very hard to beat. Um, um, you know, uh, I think Parramatta's, it's going to be a really close game, I think. Well, while I've got you, uh, speaking of the Eels, they've just absolutely smashed the Raiders. Uh, they had, you know, I, I think I think it's underrated how okay they were against the Panthers. Like, they, they held their own for a long time. And the, fir- the, the previous two games to end the regular season were also really good, tight fixtures for them. What are Brad Arthur, Mitchell Moses, and the Eels going to be doing to try and progress past the Cowboys, do you think? Yeah, I think the Paramount have kind of done the thing this year. I think they're trying to change it up a bit, and I'll be interested to see if it eventually pays off, where they've kind of gone the, the Wayne Bennett usual route of, you know, they kind of just chill during the off-season and then talk shows hyperventilate about their in, inconsistent performances, including us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they've really seemed to switch on that gear for the finals as to not exert their, I guess, intensity energy throughout the season. They're going to be heavily reliant on Mitchell Moses, as they usually are. Um, obviously, he's a great uh, infield kicker of the ball, probably one of the best in the competition. Um, they're going to be reliant on, obviously, their big boys up front, Paolo and RCG. Dylan Brown's going to have to have another big game. Gutherson is going to need to be reliable. Uh, Walker Blake, whether he's in on the wing or in the centres, um, relating to opportunities, potential energy uh, injury, rather. Yeah, they're just going to have, just against a, uh, a team against the Cowboys, then they're going to have to match the intensity. They're going to have to try to go with the, the pace and the fitness that the Cowboys have, as is their, um, you know, that's their major skill and threat, the Cowboys team. And I think they just going to have to rely on, you know, the, the more skillful operators they have in their spine, which I do think they are more skillful than the Cowboys spine to get them over the, you know, over the top, as long as the, you know, the core areas, the energy, intensity, tackling, completion, what can match them. Friendy, what do you, what do you think the Eels are going to be doing to beat the Cowboys? And while I've got you, uh, in, in the, in the likelihood that Opacic is out, uh, who are you looking to play left center? Are you thinking like move Blake to center and have like Bailey Simonson on the wing? Or are you thinking just plug a guy like Murata near Corey in there? Yeah, I think Neokore comes in there. You've got um, Makatoa as 18th man, so he'd slide straight onto the bench um, and get into that middle rotation. So I would have thought Neokore will go straight to the centres for Tom Opacic. And yeah, for mine, the Parramatta Eels, they, they play pretty similar most weeks. Um, they look to bash it down the middle with power, aggression, create a bit of momentum for Moses and Brown. And those boys love playing with a retreating defense um, up against them. So that's what they'll be looking to do. The Cowboys do have some, oh, they can be a little bit fragile out on the edges. And, and I'm, I'll be looking for Parramatta to use Papali'i and Lane uh, running up against yeah, Dearden and Townsend a lot. To uh, There's maybe an offload waiting to happen with Lane up against Townsend, I would have thought, um, and the outside guys pushing up off that. I think it'll be a fantastic contest. Like I, I'm really, I, For me, this is... I know the other game, we'll get to that soon, but this, for me, will be the closer of the two games, and I'm really looking forward to it. 
Kieran far be it for me to ask you to uh, to plot the demise of your favorite your, your Cowboys, but uh, the Eels are a very strong chance. Obviously, how are they going to do it? Um, I think it's exactly what Friendy and, and Chris have both been alluding to with um, the Eels. They're going to have to match the Cowboys' intensity. They're going to have to uh, match um, going with them early on and, and the crowd being against them. Um, so, yeah, a fast start is no doubt going to be what they're looking for. Um, they love being front runners and, and will want to silence the crowd early. If they can get an early try and kind of get the crowd a bit quiet, um, get some momentum um, early on, I think that will – not be danger signs for the Cowboys, but I think it's probably or possibly, quite possibly, danger signs for the Eels if, if they don't start well. Um, otherwise, things could really snowball from there. Uh, yeah, other than that, um, if they do start well, um, they've obviously got all the flair, attacking flair in the world to help decide the result. Um, but I, I'm very, uh, I think over the course of the season watching the Cowboys, um, we've never let our lack of talent get in the way of. of not believing in ourselves and, and the hard work that we pride ourselves on. I think that that is just um, such a huge factor. It's making me feel more confident, but yeah, that'll be what the Eels are doing. Now the obviously completely unbiased uh, media commentator, Jonathan Thurston came out saying <laughs> that uh, the Eels are going to struggle. They're going to struggle in Townsville because of the heat uh, and, mm. and particularly the humidity. Just a quick answer from each of you. Friendy, is that going to be a factor? Oh, it could be. I don't know. They're pretty elite athletes, aren't they? And they're at the pointy end of the season, so I reckon they're pretty match fit. Uh, much to a muchness for me. Chris, similar? Nah, won't be a factor. And Kieran, are you hoping it will be? I'm <laughs> uh, hoping it will be, but I think for anyone that's played any sort of sport, yes, it's a little bit harder in the heat, but I, I, uh, yeah, it won't be that much of a factor that JT is saying. All right, guys, so now it's time for, uh, you know, key players, who's going to win, and and I suppose why are they going to win. We'll probably bundle those all together if you want to talk about um, your, your tip, who's going who's gonna to stand out for that team and, and decide the result. But it sounds of it, it sounds like the Big E is definitely going for the Cowboys, and that's not a surprise. I'm a Cowboys man. I, I obviously am going to go for the Cowboys. It's a hard tip. Uh, having a week off is a big thing. I think... It's a small factor being at home because of the different weather. Um, the eels are basically flying in, I think, today um, and then flying straight back out to get ready for grand final if they do progress. So uh, they won't have a lot of time to acclimatize. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking the Cowboys. And I think I think it is, it is down to the likes of, you know, Cotter. Tamalolo uh, to really lead that line speed. Reese Robson so important. He's been a standout at hooker this year uh, in with ball and the other side of it as well. So I'm going the Cowboys, and I think my key player therefore will be Reese Robson. Kieran, uh, you know you're a Cowboys man, so I'm guessing your heart tip is the Cowboys. Is it also your head tip, and who is your key player? Um, yeah, it's definitely my head tip, the Cowboys. And I've got key players. Um, I thought our, our back five against the Sharks acted as um, a second forward pack, essentially. Uh, Peter Hooker ran for over 300 metres, and I'm pretty sure every other back line member ran for at least 100 metres. Scott Drinkwater over 200. Um, so I thought, yeah, their, their ball carrying out of yardage was really, really strong. And I, I, I thought that, yeah, that, that starting our sets off that well went a long way to winning the game. Um, yeah, I think for that reason, I've got to go the the back five. Um, and then I've got 
maybe not the most popular pick, but um, an effort player for the Eels, a leader. I've got Gutherson. Um, if the Eels are going to win, I think he needs to stand up along with Moses. I've got, so I'll probably dovetail it with those two. I think it's kind of Moses. It feels like his time almost um, to stand up and deliver something special for the Eels. Um, I didn't mention this when I said what the Eels will be doing, but I think despite um, how well the Cowboys, I mean, you've got to do this regardless. I think Moses' kicking game will be, uh, he'll be looking to kick early and try and pin us down our end despite um, uh, whether we're good at coming out of yardage or not. I think Gutherson likes to lead the kick chase, Eels kick chase often, and I think Drinkwater is um, elusive enough to escape his clutches, especially when fatigue sets in. Uh, and I thought Drinkwater had his best game coming out of yardage against the Sharks um, in Cowboys' cut, well, in his NRL career, then I'd have to say. Um, I was really impressed with how um, hard he ran the ball back into the line. Um, and I think if he does that and if Gutherson's kind of trying to um, be a leader and come up with a big um, kick chase tackle, um, he could he could end up with egg on his face with Drinkwater uh, having a, a really good step on him. Oh, right. and Cowboys by eight or less. Cowboys by eight or less. I'm probably going to go with a similar margin, by the way. Now, Chris, similar question to you. Who's going to win? Who are the key players? And, uh, yeah, but like, you know, how are they going to win, I suppose? I'm going to go Parramatta to win. I'm just anti-select some booze there, but they didn't happen, but all good. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go, again, uh, I'm really on the edge. Uh, it's it been incredibly hard to tip this game, but I am just going to go Parramatta by literally one or two points. Key player, it's a bit of a give me, but Mitchell Moses, is. if Parramatta win, he's going to have to be instrumental to that performance. Um, I think Kieran touched on a good point. It's about, you know, it just feels like a really big moment for him in his career. Um, I think they're going to target the Chad, friend of the show. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to have his hands full a bit. Um, yeah, Gutherson, you know, he's one of those, you know, you know we, we all know who Gutherson is. He's not the most skillful fullback, but he is, you know, inspirational and a really key effort guy and um, passionate about his club. I'm mainly just putting it down to just I like there's a bit more skill in the spine for me, in Parramatta's spine, um, especially in a big game. I, I trust Moses and Brown a bit more than did and, and the Chad. But, look, I'm, I'm not confident at all, but I'm going to go Parramatta by, you know, one or two, and uh, Mitchell Moses will be key to that win, I think. Yeah, when you say he'll be key, are we talking like the kicking game particularly, uh, including goal kicking? Yeah, well, um, he, he doesn't have the best record traditionally with <laughs> goal kicking in big moments. But um, yeah, I'm only talking about kicking in play. And I think uh, I just see the forwards aiming up a bit. I think that'd be a really good clash. But yeah, I, I just I, I just have a little bit more faith in Parramatta Spine, which probably doesn't make much sense given you know the results of this year. But yeah, I just I, I kind of believe in Moses Brown a bit more, and I think Moses his kicking game is probably easily the best on Park. So, yeah, I'm going to go Mitchell Moses, uh, Mitchell Moses and Parramatta. I would agree with that. That Mitchell Moses has the best kicking game on the Park. I think that's pretty clear. Friendy, who's going to win? How they're going to win? And who will be the key players? Yeah, I'll be tipping the North Queensland Cowboys uh, up at home. They've had the week off. They're nice and fresh. Uh, I do think that this will be really, really tight. So I 
a margin. I, I don't know, Cowboys by six or less or something like that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a close game. Um, my key players are the halves, uh, in particular both halfbacks. I think they're both the barometer for each side's sort of attitude at the time so Mitch, M- Mitchell Moses on the front foot he is phenomenal um, on the back foot he gets a little bit cranky uh, he gets the shits a little bit makes a few errors just from trying too hard I think so mm. that's something that Parramatta sort of they take that on board as a whole I think when Mitch is a bit like that Chad Townsend similar so he can get a little bit frantic um, and I think they the Cowboys need him to be calm and steady and and that old head that he was brought up there to be um, on the the big stage on, on Friday night so I think those two are really important um, and then the the sixes are sort of they're the the ice to the to the fire of the other guys. Uh, Dylan Brown, he's the cruisiest dude around, isn't he? He's a cool cat. So <laughs> he's going to be really big for them, I think. I don't think any th- moment will overawe him whatsoever. And Dearden, did you see him go in origin? My God, he will be trying his guts off. Little Bull Terrier, um, he, he'll, he'll run for like 200 metres this game, I reckon. Um, and yeah, I'm really confident the Cowboys can get a win. As I spoke about before, their attitude and energy has been spot on all year for mine. Um, I think up at home, you got guys like big game Val Holmes um, out on the edge. I think he'll have a, a big game in a big game. And yeah, like you spoke about, Cotter, Robson, guys like that. I, I just love how they play. So, yeah, I'm going to go the Cowboys. And just then I think the the first 20 minutes of this game, as we spoke about, for the, the two halfbacks, whoever keeps their head the longest for the first 20 minutes, I think will go a long way to winning this game. And, I'll, yeah, I'll tip the Cowboys. Sounds like a game of mental chicken, doesn't it? Like, who can hold their nerve the longest? Oh, yeah. Take the game the deepest. Be comfortable with taking the game deep as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, like, you know... Uh, most of us are, are big cricket guys. Though that Michael Bevan approach of just taking the game deep, not losing Take your it head. Deep. Um, yeah, so I, I I tend to agree with you that uh, that the Chad will have to have a big game uh, in in the sense that you know there's plenty of creativity around him. You know, Robson, even Tamalola can throw thirty meter spiral passes. You know, Deard and Drinkwater, they have some, <laughs> some speed. They have you know, but he has to be the one that controls it. Moses has to kind of do both a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like he has to have a bit of that spark as well that Townsend probably doesn't need. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Um, but again, hard not to take those Cowboys glasses off. Let's just look forward to watching it on Friday night. And let's look forward to watching on Saturday night, the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. The Panthers, a date with their destiny, right? They they won the comp last year. They're minor premiers the, the year before that, uh, losing in the grand final, of course. This feels like their destiny, doesn't it? To to go back to back, to to take this incredible roster, this wonderful coach, through and become one of the legendary teams of the modern era. You know, we talk about teams like the, the Storm of the last twenty years, the Roosters of the last fifteen years, the the Broncos of the nineties. You know, the, there's so many great like the, the Raiders of the early nineties, late eighties. There's so many great teams, and the Panthers. This is their destiny. This is their time. The Rabbitohs, though. They're hurting after last year. They lost in the grand final, of course, to the Panthers. They are down on troops. You know, they've they've got no Saliva Havili this time around. Uh, Alex Johnston is injured. So is Jai Arrow. They're both in significant doubt for this game. Obviously, there's no Adam Reynolds compared to last year. They do have Latrell Mitchell, though. So there's, you know, pros and cons there for the Rabbitohs compared to this time last year. 
The Panthers are just without Taylor May, who is suspended, I believe. So the Panthers are basically full strength. They're going to have Charlie Staines on the wing, uh, and Brian Toto is likely to move to the left wing. Friendy, this is, uh, this is a big game, but all the signs are pointing towards Acor Stadium, the Panthers walking home with a victory uh, and going to a grand final. Mm. Do you think there's... Uh, you know that, that's the that's the, that's the prevailing narrative. Is that is that how you kind of see it as well? Just like you know, initial instincts. Yeah, it's not how I kind of see it. It's how I definitely see it. I'm really confident on the Panthers here. Um, they'll come up in my bold later. I think everything is in their favour. They are fresh as their roster is one to seventeen, basically as strong as you can get without Tail and May. Um, and yeah, they're they're ready to go. Everyone was worried about Nathan Cleary having a bit of rust after five weeks off. Well, yeah, he sort of proved that wrong, didn't he? Um, I yeah, I'm really hot on Penrith here. I, I think they're they're going to do a great job, and we'll go through it, I guess, in a second. Well, yeah, well, let's do it right now. So, do you do you want to let's talk about like what was so impressive about their victory against the Eels because as you said there mm. were some doubters you know uh, Luai's been out with injury and they had like I think one game back before that game uh, clearly it was his first game back after a, a bunch of time off the the whole first grade team was rested for the last mm. game of the round against the Cowboys uh, you know there's a lot of a lot of flux going on um, a bit of strategic resting and things like that as well and they just came out and just the Eels put it to them and they just they just did it. They just got it done. Uh, is yep. is it, is it going to be the same game plan, do you think, this week? Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially with Souths um, missing Burgess. Arrow is clearly injured. Um, their bench rotation, to me, looks complete rubbish, uh, South Sydney's, uh, with Havili out as well. Um, yeah, I think Penrith, the way they started against Parramatta the other week, um, they were the most physical I've ever seen them. Um, and that was led by Mitch Kenny. I thought he was outstanding. He was bashing blokes, um, much like Reese Robson has for the Cowboys. So yeah, I, I kind of don't mind that um, that change there with Kenny, um, the late switch where he starts and, and Appy comes off the bench and just he's, he's just Mr. Creativity, isn't he? He's, he's amazing. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Penrith will come out of the blocks on fire uh, and I, I think they'll win this game early. For mine, um, for me, do, did you want me to talk about my key players now, Bo? Well, may as well while you're there. Yeah, sure. My my key players are, are the packs, and as I spoke about the the Panthers pack, they're oh, led by James Fisher Harris, Moses Leota. They'll, they'll be so physical. Um, I just can't see how South Sydney match it with them for any longer than than maybe 20 minutes because once their bench comes on, they, they've virtually got no middles mm. on the bench. Um, they're going to need big minutes out of guys like Mark Nichols. Um, uh, I just, yeah, Arrow's injured. I, I, I just can't see this ending well for South Sydney. I don't know. The other guys might have some thoughts, but Panthers, they'll they'll start well in the middle. Nathan's kicking game will just strangle South Sydney. Um, and and I, I honestly can't see any way Souths can win this game. All I can see for Souths is they're going to try and hold on as long as they can and then hope for, like, defensively, and then hope for Cody and Latrell to get enough um, chances to to create something at the other end. But, yeah, all signs point to a big Penrith victory for me. Chris, he makes a good point. Yeah, I'm very much in agreement. I don't give 
South Sydney really any chance. Um, I've been wrong before, as people who are listening to this podcast probably realise. But, yeah, I, I don't really give Parramatta any chance. And Friendy alluded to it. If you've got Michael G. Cam playing in a semi-final, you, you know, you're, you're struggling. You're, the bench is not going to do anything, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with everything Friendly said there. The, they're not going to – they might hang in there for a bit, but I don't give them much resilience after that, Penrith's bench is way better. Um, yeah, just I think it's going to be a bit of a blowout. Um, so whoever wrote that article hasn't solved that blowout problem yet in the NRL. But um, <laughs> yeah, obviously key players. Look, at this point in the year, it's hard to go past Swine players. Essentially, you know, Nathan Cleary, Jerome Lewis, Dylan Edwards, um, Apicorosau. Just, yeah, Pen, Pen have gone in, no real injuries. It just seems like everything's really matching up for them um, at this time of year. It almost feels inevitable in a way. And, yeah, I think Pen are going to win by 20 or more. Kieran, I'm sure you agree with what Friendy and, and Chris are both saying. Is there a risk that the Panthers, it could be going too well? Uh, and the Rabbitohs, no. who have the backs against the wall, you know, there they could be a chance they could they could drop this game. Um, I think maybe two years ago that could have been a fair comment. Uh, they were obviously, well, two years younger, but they were age-wise, they would have been <laughs> 19 or so, um, a lot of them. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that could have been the case. They could have been thinking that they were invincible back then, but I think now they're a bit more seasoned. They know... Um, what it takes, and I think they absolutely want to go back-to-back like that Rooster side did in 2018-2019. In mm-hmm. They've got all the motivation in the world. I don't think that will be a factor at all, um, that the Rabbitohs will be hungrier. I think the Rabbitohs' main chance is if um, the Panthers are, are just not disciplined enough or, or, or uh, don't respect the ball enough um, uh, or aren't patient enough, I guess. And I, I think... When you have Cleary in your side, you're going to be patient enough to, to, to grind out the game. Panthers obviously love to grind their way to a win. Um, yeah, everything, as Friendy said, suits suits the Panthers. This game suits them to a T. And I agree with both Chris and Friendy that um, the Panthers will rack up quite a score. Uh, I think, without being too obvious, Cleary's clicking game will be huge. Um, it's largely what won them the grand final last year. And I'm not the biggest fan of the trail coming out of yardage. I noticed Gus said against the Sharks, um, there was one moment where I don't someone from the Sharks kicked the ball up and it bounced in between um, Johnston and, and Latrell. And Latrell just pointed to Johnston and said, that's yours. Um, he, he definitely, I agree with Gus, he saves himself for the bigger moments. Um, so... Uh, if they can isolate Latrell um, when they're kicking with their kicking game, um, get him to come out of yardage a bit more, tire him out. I think that'll go a long way to victory because if if, mm. if that Rabbitohs forward pack can't match it with the Panthers forward pack, I can't see that that Cody and Latrell are going to be able to create too much to, in the way of of getting the win. Key players, yeah, as I said, I think um, I've been on his case all season. But James Fisher Harris and Moses Leota laying the platform for Nathan to do what he does. Uh, it's just going to be too much for the Rabbitohs. If the Rabbitohs are to do anything, it's going to be Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell off the back of Totola and Nichols, which is, I mean, they're, they're, they've definitely been very good, I think. I wouldn't say they even punch above their weight. I think that they are now, um, at least in my eyes, recognised as good front rowers, especially Totola. I'm quite a fan of his. But yeah, I think Panthers win by at least 20 points. 
Very interesting. So let's talk about the Rabbitohs a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of talk, and, and I just want to just hit something on the head. The amount of times that I hear from people in my private life, online, whatever, that Latrell Mitchell is overrated because he doesn't run 200 meters a game. Just shut the fuck up. Like you're you're, you're talking mm-hmm. about super coach stats. I don't care about super coach. Latrell Mitchell is different. To say, say for example, this weekend, Dylan Edwards or Latrell Mitchell, two vastly different fullbacks. I'd rather have Latrell Mitchell, but Dylan Edwards is perfect for that system, right? He does what he needs to do in that system because he has like a Nathan Cleary there to do everything else for him. Latrell doesn't have that. Latrell, they, they need him in the red zone. They need him pulling those amazing, those hands that he has, just beautiful. Um, so like, let's stop that narrative right there. Like, fuck that shit. That's just nonsense. Um, maybe he could do a little bit more. Okay, I could accept that. But like, trying to tell me that he's overrated because he runs 60 meters in a game is just nonsense. That said, let's talk about how the Rabbitohs possibly could do this. Now, you've all, you all sound very emphatic that, that, that they can't uh, or that they won't. But they weren't that great against the Sharks. And they still won by, you know, 20-odd points. What can they do better to give them the best chance possible to beat the Panthers? I'll start with you, Kieran. What, what can the Rabbitohs do better to give them, yeah, the best chance? I think they've got to adopt a bit of the um, the, the much-talked-about Queensland mentality of, of being underdogs. Um, I think they've also got to slow down the ruck, which is another tactic of the Maroons. Uh, I think... Things like that, just sort of wasting time, laying down in the ruck, going in with a, a siege mentality. Uh, you can't hope that the Panthers make mistakes, but I, yeah, outside of what I've just said, I, I can't really, I don't know. I mean, they've got to score early. Um, if they get behind early, I, I can see that their spirit's going to be broken early and they're going to have their heads down. And I know that they're, that we, we, we see them as a side that um, can score points at pretty much any time, but not against this Panther side. I, I don't know what else to say other than that. Chris, um, you know, it is going to be hard. The Panthers are probably going to win the arm wrestle, especially across 80 minutes. Uh, they they probably have the superior kicking game with, with Nathan Cleary there. Uh, they have a superior yardage game coming out of the back three as well. Um, so is it, is, it, is it a fair comment, Chris, that the Rabbitohs probably have to chance their arm a bit more? which of course might lead to a, a bad completion rate like it did last week, but it might be their only chance. Yeah, well, when you said um, you're talking about things that uh, Rabbitohs would need to do to win, I immediately thought of that scene at The Simpsons where Homer's boxing and Nathan Cleary might be struck down with an illness before the game starts. <laughs> but uh, I think and something... And then Sean O'Sullivan comes in. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're still pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, so if, if South were to win, I think they've got to look at any possible, I guess, weak zones. Um, again, Paz are throwing the arms. I think they should try to. I'd be I'd be bombing to Charlie Staines all night. Mm-hmm. Um, he's you know he's not the most reliable. He's still decent, but he's not the most reliable um, under the high ball. Yeah, I just think they've got a got a um, more like second pace play. I think Mitchell's got to get in the line a bit more. Um, you know, inside maybe some attacking plays inside the 40, maybe the old rugby union kick that happened the other week. Um, yeah, I think just trying to – look, Cody Walker's extremely skilled um, playmaker. I'd, I'd say probably, if not the best up there, natural um, in terms of reading defences playmaker in the game. 
Mm-hmm. What you, you can say what you will about his um, performance in big moments, but there's no denying his you know his feel on on a game while it's happening. Yeah, I think they've got to try to um, yeah just chance to hand a bit, bit of attacking plays, you know, on the 50, on the 40. Uh, maybe some Latrell Mitchell, that first receiver, just pushing everyone a little bit wider. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's not – I don't think it's impossible that they – you know, obviously they can – there's some percentage they can win. But, yeah, if, they, if they're just trying to grind them out, I think that's going to be impossible for them. Friendy, it's uh, there's a few good tactics there from the two boys. Uh, no, There's no question in my mind that the biggest – advantage the Rabbitohs have is Latrell, um, rel- relative to, you know, other matchups across the, uh, across the two teams. How can they get the best out of Latrell against the Panthers? Because we know the Panthers are probably going to, you know, bomb high, isolate him, um, you know, box him in with good kick chase, uh, and try and keep them in their own half so that he doesn't get any good ball. How can Demetrio and the Rabbitohs bring him into the game more? Well, the best way to bring him into the game is the other guys all working hard defensively, really. Um, uh, that's the only way Souths can win, is if they defend and scramble better than they ever have in their lives. It'd be handy if they could have three or four Cam Murrays out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, yeah. And Penrith, the, the two packs, the matchup, it, it's just a complete mismatch once that bench comes on, like compared to the Panthers bench, it's just I can't see how Penrith don't spend majority of the time down their end, and and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's what South need to do. Maybe they just roll with roll with the punches a little bit and try and just if let the Panthers almost get down near their line and just defend their asses off on that line. I mean, they're all first grade footballers that they can all read an attacking shape and they can all make a tackle. So there's no reason that they can't stop these guys. For mine, that's what they'll need to do, hang in for as long as they can. And then when they do finally get a penalty and get down the other end, that's when they rely on Cody and, and Latrell coming into the game. And they're just going to have to ice those moments because they might only get two or three and they're going to have to make it like a, an 18-14, I don't know, 12-10, uh, uh, something like that. Um, I think it's highly unlikely but, but I just can't see them winning if they concede more than, I don't know, three tries. Yes, yeah, it's going to be really tough uh, for the Rabbitohs. There's no question about that. I probably give them a better chance than you guys do. Um, and it's got nothing to do with on paper because on paper, you guys are exactly right. The Panthers should win and they should win comfortably. There's just something about finals footy. There's something about this particular rivalry in recent times uh, that gives me some confidence that the Rabbitohs are going to have a really good account of themselves. Um, I don't think they're going to win. I think the Panthers are going to win, but I don't think it's going to be Panthers by 20 or something like that. I I think the Rabbitohs will will throw everything they have at it. And you're right, the bench is weaker and the forward pack itself is weaker and, and the halves are weaker and like, you know, they, they're weaker across the board apart from fullback. But I still I still think they are going to lift. I still think they're going to have a really good account of themselves. And I think their defense in the last couple of weeks has been a good sign. You know, they're, they're one of the maybe two or three teams in this final series that have really prioritized defense. Um, I think that's going to serve them well too. As a micro tactic um i think something that they could do uh, chris i think was chris mentioned that stains uh, is weak under the high ball um yep yeah, i'd be i'd be going there in attacking situations 
Absolutely. Um, but for just general tactic as a defensive mechanism, what I'd be doing is I'd be kicking to the left wing. I'd be going to To'o. I'd be making him return the ball because I think when the Panthers are at their strongest, it's Dylan Edwards returning the ball and then Brian To'o on a second hit up um, that really bends that line back and then they're just yep. off. Um, so I think what I'd be doing is I'd be kicking high to To'o, not necessarily to challenge the ball, more to get him to catch and get tackled within like two or three meters. That takes him out of the next play, um, forces Dylan Edwards to take a run at, uh, at, a, at, a, at a good line instead of the, the big windup that he normally gets. Take Charlie Staines out of it entirely because he's fairly useless at that part of the game anyway. Um, just little things like that just give you that extra 10 or 15 meters advantage that you might not have had otherwise. Um, of course, most teams know this. Of course, most teams try it and the Panthers manage to beat it anyway. But that's something that I'd definitely be trying to give you a, some sort of head start. And Elias is their main kicker. He's on the right side. So that all kind of lines up. Um, but in saying that, yeah, I do think the Panthers will win. But my margin is my bold. So I'm going to hold on to that for a moment. Friendy, what's, what's your margin you're tipping? Well, mine's linked to my bold, so... Okay. You hold yours too, then. <laughs> I'll hold mine, yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, what's your margin? I'm going to go Penrith by 18. All right. And Kieran? Yeah, I've got Penrith by 20. All right. And Friendy, without without saying yours, I'm guessing yours is bigger? Like in uh, the big kind of realm? Or are you going to hold it? Mine's Penrith by 18 or more. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, okay, well, my bold is like four or less. That's my bowl. So uh, I think, uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. But yeah, I think I think that'll be a really good game. So fingers crossed for that one. Let's talk about the NRLW uh, semifinals, of course. Now, the Knights and the Dragons have both progressed in second and third. They played each other last week and they play each other again this time at Sunday afternoon at Suncorp Stadium. It's actually a big day at Suncorp Stadium. There's going to be four games of football, the NRLW, both semifinals. Uh, and then there's the... The women's uh, Prime Minister's 13 against PNG. And then there's the men's Prime Minister's 13 against PNG. will be a great game at Suncorp Stadium. So do check it out if you are local and available. The Knights and Dragons, I think the Knights have been really impressive this year. My Dragons were my early tip for the for the year, but um, I'm changing my tune. I think the Knights, Friendy, you'd be, you'd be the same, wouldn't you? Yep, definitely. Uh, the red and blue girls have done that jersey proud this year, which is more than we can say about the guys. But yeah, led by Millie Boyle, I think they'll do well and be into the GF. Chris, what's your tip? Yeah, I'm, ch- I'm changing. I've been big on the... I've liked the Knights all year, but I'm going to go to the Dragons for this game. I think um, probably a superior coaching, I'd say more um, finals experience. I'm going to go to the Dragons to win. Chris Waring has chosen violence on this podcast. He's the only one to <laughs> against the Cowboys. Uh, and then he's, you know, he's taking shots at Friendy's Knights as well. It's just a shame that there's no Tigers for us to talk about at the moment. But uh, we're not involved this time of year. Right. <laughs> Kieran, what's your tip? Um, yeah, I'm just going to go with the Knights. I think um, Tamika Upton having that addition. Uh, and then, yeah, as you said, or... Someone said Millie Boyle leads them around really well or sets a good platform for the Knights. I'm going to tip the Knights. Yeah, Millie Boyle's amazing. Uh, Tamika Upton's had yeah a couple of weeks off recently, so uh, she'll be fresh and ready to go, hopefully, for this weekend. And the next game is the minor premiers, the thus far undefeated Sydney Roosters against the Parramatta Eels, who snuck in after 
uh, a very convincing victory against the Broncos. The Broncos uh, let this position go. Uh, they, they were going to come fourth and, and they lost to the Eels. The Eels, it, it was very emotional, uh, hugely impressive performance from them. But Kieran, is this going to be a bridge too far? Uh, yeah, I think the Roosters just have too many points in them. Uh, I don't think the Eels will be able to hold out um, long enough to, to uh, kind of keep it too low scoring. Yeah, I've got the Roosters. Chris, you've been high on the Roosters all year. They managed to rest some of their key players last week, including Sam Bremner. They still were undefeated. They still got the minor premiership, and this is their chance for the grand final. Yeah, and I think they'll get there. Um, very pendant pamphlet vibes about the Roosters and NRLW. And yeah, I'm very surprised. It's quite um, shocking, actually, to see the Broncos um, not in the finals, given their, you know, the, the class among the squad they have. Um, yeah, so. I'm going to go, I'm going to stick strong with my early season tip of the Roosters go through undefeated. Yeah, big uh, big year for uh, women's rugby league in Queensland with the Titans and Broncos being the only two teams to miss out on finals. And then, of course, the Origin as well that happened earlier this year. Friendy, uh, are you going to join us? Are you a Roosters man as well? Yeah, cockadoodle do. I think the the girls want um, Uncle Nick to pay for flights to Greece and and stay in one of his big um, apartment buildings over there. I reckon. So, yeah, the Roosters all the way. Back to back, actually, the Roosters would be. In fact, they'd be the first team to win uh, two comps in one season. I would imagine because I mean, technically, the last comp was last year's comp, but it was earlier this year. So. Uh, yeah, big big chance for the Roosters to go back to back, and but first they need to beat the Eels. I think they will, guys. Let's talk about bold predictions, Friendy. You've already mentioned yours is Panthers eighteen plus. Are you are you happy with that bold, or is there more to it? Yeah, I've got the Panthers eighteen or more, and I've got the left winger for Penrith. So whether that's Toto or Staines, I think it'll be Toto. Um, we'll score two tries or more. Interesting. Very cool. Uh, mine, as I mentioned, I'm not going to add any uh, scoring caveats or anything like that to it. I think it's bold enough to say the Panthers will win by less than by four or less. I think that's pretty bold. So I'm going to stick with that one. Chris, what's your bold prediction? So uh, I'm not going to add any scoring ones to my one either, but uh, I'm going to go Parramatta to win. And if I've got this right, I need the help of the panel here. Papali will be running at the Chad. Is that correct? Or is it the other way around? Other way around. Other way around. Okay. So I'm going to go Sean Lane to score a try and a Parramatta win. Sean Lane to score. Basically, you're just Chad bashing. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, fuck Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Lego head. <laughs> Kieran, what's your, what's your ball prediction? Yeah, I'm going to kind of dovetail off what Chris said. I've got four sec- different second rows to score a try this weekend. All right. So uh, so basically, you're looking at... Oh, that's, there's eight to choose from, isn't there? So there's... Yeah. Kick out. Yeah, oh, kick out is a good chance, isn't he? On that left edge. Yeah. Gilbert. Clive um, Churchill, Smokey. Needs a big game. <laughs> big, big game and a big game, doesn't he? Billy Army kick out. Uh, that's... Okay, great. There's some good ball predictions there. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, thanks for all your efforts, of course, like always. Miles, I assume, is watching the football from a Spanish villa or something. Buckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace. He'll be paying his condolences, of course. Um, Freddy, where are you watching from this weekend? Uh, Mate, I will be at home on Friday night, uh, glued to the telly for Kieran's Cowboys and uh, and your Cowboys. (laughs) Um, And then Saturday... 
There's something on Saturday. Cricket. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll be out and about. Um, Edelong Pub, our mate, new major sponsors for cricket <laughs> this year. They're giving us a bit of cash, so we've got to go show our faces down there. So, any listeners, come along. Oh, Edelong Pub, that sounds that sounds fun. Uh, you'll get to see Friendy in his uh, natural habitat, watching the footy, yelling at the TV. It'd be great. Um, Chris, the same question to you. Are you uh, are you managing to dodge some cricket so you can watch some footy, or are you <laughs> slaving away? No, nah, I think I'll, I might be out and about tomorrow night watching it somewhere. Um, Saturday, though, the cricket should be well finished by then. Um, so I'll be on the catch for that one. long pub. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting shapes with Friendy, maybe. But yeah, so, I don't know, somewhere. I'll be watching it, though. Cutting shapes with Friendy. We might have our, our second ever video content for Above the Horizontal <laughs> if, if, I, if I get you two at the same venue dancing. That'd be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Kieran, speaking of a couple of blokes dancing together, you and the Big E, you'd be dressed up in all your Cowboys stuff and dancing if they do manage to win. Yeah, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, can't can't go to the game up in Townsville. Um, bit of an unfair advantage that it's up there, really. I don't know why it's not at Suncourt. But, um, yeah, no, no no double TV this weekend. We'll just have the one on, uh, watching our Cowboys play. Hopefully they get the win and then, yeah, probably be glued to the TV Saturday night at home again. Any seeing as that you're in Brisbane, any any plans to maybe attend on Sunday the big four games? Uh, on Sunday, yeah. So the the, the two NRLW games, the uh, and the promise. Oh, aren't they Saturday? Saturday? No, they're Sunday. Oh, true. Yeah, I might go to that. I hadn't even. I thought it was Saturday, so I wasn't going to go AFL Grand Final. But you it's are. Sunday. You could get the privilege to see Jake Simkin play live. <laughs> Where's, in the NRLW. <laughs> oh, Prime Minister's 11. Yeah, uh, Prime 13, 13 rather. Yeah. Yeah. Albo mm. very big on... They're James playing cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm, I might actually make it out there as well, so I'll, I'll let you know if, if I do go, Kieran. Uh, yeah, yeah. But apart from that, I'll definitely be watching my Cowboys at home very nervously. I don't have fingernails as it is, but they will be even shorter, I promise you, especially if it's a close one. Guys, thanks very much uh, for all your efforts and have fun watching football this weekend. And thanks to all the listeners who've tuned in. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy some more Above the Horizontal next week. Until then... Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.